Welcome to Pop X Cast, where science fiction meets pop culture. We're the podcast that covers everything pop culture and beyond the multiverse. Are you ready to get your geek on? Crank up the DeLorean, warm up the proton packs, toss a coin to your Witcher, and deep dive into your favorite plate of chimichangas. This is Pop X Cast. Listening to Pop X Cast, where science fiction meets pop culture. Here we go! Pop X Cast. I was born in it, molded by it. Pop X Cast. Welcome, everybody. This is Pop X Cast, episode 120, coming to you on April the 18th, 2021. What is up, Team Pop X? How the hey, heck hey. are you? What's going Dude, on? Hey, hey Joe. Hi. What's going on? How you, how you doing, Austin? Doing, feeling great, man. I'm <laughs> back. I'm here. I got my Fauci ouchie this week. I'm sorry, oh. you got your watchy watchy? My, my Fauci ouchie. Oh, my no, you didn't. Yeah, did you do it? I did. You, you yeah, bit the bullet? Yeah, I did. I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling vaccinated. Yeah. <laughs> Are your spidey senses tingling <laughs> yet? <laughs> it's not the only thing that's tingling. That's, that's for lit. sure. Feeling <laughs> <laughs> great, man. Oh my gosh, dude! Look at the chat room already. This this is crazy. It is lit. It is crazy. We got uh, Mike Rowland uh, hanging out with us. It's good to see you here, my hey. friend. I talk Marvel two two seven. Darth Baca, JS. Uh, uh, what's going on, my friend? And we've got, oh my God, John Parfenbarger. Oh, geez, the chat is like killing it right now. I can't yes, keep up with are. you guys over here. But welcome to PopX, guys. This is going to be a fun one as we're going to dive into the world now. I kind of feel bad for Austin because he's already talked about Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode five probably like a thousand times already. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, we got you one more time. And so I'm, I'm glad that we get to unpack a few things as we're diving into this crazy geeky world. Austin, you want to open this thing up for us, my friend? Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, and listen, I don't mind talking about it again with you all because we have a lot of stuff to unpack this week. But We do. Uh, we do, man. So welcome to PopX, where science fiction meets pop culture. I'm Austin Burke, the Appalachian geek at heart. We'd like to welcome everyone joining us live in the PopX.live chat room. Come hang out with us and join the conversation 
at popxcast.com. If this is your first time tuning into PopX, the first 15 minutes or so, we run down the headlines since our last show, then we deep dive into all things nostalgic on today's retro rewind. We have a good one for you at the halfway point. Yeah. We hit the show's topic. And if you guys aren't a subscriber of the YouTube channel and you are joining us for the first time today, please do that. But we'll talk more about that. You're probably looking at the window and you're wondering, where's the fourth person at? Yeah. Well, Mike uh, is driving home as we speak from Alabama. He went to the nice. Formula One race, which is now back in action and swing. Because wow. so and so, exciting. the Formula One is a huge thing for Mike. He loves to go and watch it. And if you don't know what it is, it's it's phenomenal. It's like yeah. NASCAR on steroids. But you know, <laughs> I, I get dizzy when I watch car races, so I can't watch too many of them. So I there keep is wanting that. to turn left. Yeah, they just—it's always a left turn. That's NASCAR, though, right? Yeah. Does Formula One turn left too? I don't know. I had, no Formula One is actually pretty crazy. They—they uh, they do street racing. Oh. Uh, so it's—it's it's, um, if you remember Fair. Iron Man two when uh, Tony Stark is doing the yes. race at the opening, yes. that's a Formula One race. Yes. Okay, all right. So that gives you a little bit of an idea. I'm Joseph Burke, Central Florida seasoned comic book nerd and retro enthusiast. Now, we're a part of a unique collective and on, known online as the Creative Multiverse. Now, Michelle Alexander, you need to get in plugged into this Creative Multiverse thing because you're just so artsy. Yes, it's, please. It's, it's, I'm going to make her, I'm going to add her to it. It's somehow. oozing, oozing <laughs> out of her pores, I do believe. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're a part of that. And so for more information and a deeper dive into that creative po- process and seeing all the many talents of all the many creatives out there, be sure to look us up on the Facebook group by searching in your search bar on Facebook, The Creative Multiverse. Got it? Good. The Facebook. And uh, I, I Talk Marvel over here is taking my, my line over here. Previously on PopX <laughs> Cast. Previously on PopX Cast. <laughs> I love that if guy. If you missed episode 119, we totally broke down, dissected, reassembled everything that we needed to talk about on Godzilla versus Kong. And we also did a little bit of retro diving into one of our favorites from the 80s, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So make sure you go over to our official website, popxcast.com, and watch that replay. And also all of the other great past shows are in the archive over there as well. And um, if you like what you're seeing in tonight's show, make sure that you are clicking the like button. Also, throw us a subscribe on the YouTube. Click the little bell so that you know when we're going live next time as well. We usually, Joe's really good about getting our next live up there so you'll know when we're going. But if you click the bell, we'll be like, hey. It's all in the fortitude. It's time. It's time. (laughs) It's go time. So, um. There's all of that. And uh, if you're doing the podcast version of this, go ahead and give us a five-star rating, if you would. Please. Maybe say a couple of nice words in the review box there. That would be super amazing as well, because we do go out to multiple sources. It's not just a one-source thing. You know? give, us, give, us, give us all the love that you can, because we surely do appreciate it. I call this the love tap. It's a love tap. It's right a there. love tap. No, I'm just messing with myself. Love tap, baby, love <laughs> oh, tap. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, that's the song. <laughs> that's, that's not the song at all. That's the one, um, <laughs> mommy. Oh my gosh! <laughs> what if it was called Love Tap though? Wouldn't that be amazing? I oh love that. my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> this we got a new one in the room tonight too. We got uh, Chiwan Lee hanging out with us yeah, as well as was Leggy on the radio. Leggy Lady is hanging out with us as well. Helen Wallace, Helen. all the way from I over in her. the UK. What's up, my dear? I love all right. my Haps fam. So um, we are going to go ahead and dive right on into the Pop X news. We only have a few articles this week. 
but the ones that we do have are definitely going to be awesome. So hang with us. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is Pop X News coming to you live right here on popxcast.com. Dot com, and uh, I will lead off the news this week, and I don't know if you guys knew or not, but Netflix has finally revealed the long-anticipated release date of the fourth season of Castlevania. Now, if you don't know what Castlevania is on Netflix and you've not heard of it or you don't know about the video game that this spawned from in the 80s, you might want to do yourself a favor and deep dive into this crazy fandom of Castlevania. But uh, though fans might be disheartened to learn that this upcoming entry into the world of Vampire Hunters will be its finale. That's right. So releasing a brand new trailer following the release of the new poster showing the biggest heroes and villains of the video games adaptation into the series created by Konami, the final season of Castlevania arrives on Netflix May the 13th. Now, uh, I grew up playing Castlevania. Uh, that was one of my favorite games. As a matter of fact, I got the first three uh, in, in in the Man Cave, Castlevania 1, Simon's Quest, and um, the Bloodlines. Uh, so I, I, I'm a little bit of a nerd there. But also, too, while we're on the topic of Netflix, uh, did you guys hear about the Sony acquisition with Netflix as well? Yes. It's so very I think, I, interesting. I think it's very interesting, and I think we need to talk about that as well uh, while we're in the, in the vein of Netflix just for a second. Okay. Uh, Sony uh, actually uh, signed a deal with Netflix, so Netflix now has the acquired rights to stream a lot of Sony's content. Now that Marvel has pulled out and has its own streaming platform, this means that movies like spider-man can now be streaming on netflix in the foreseeable future uh, as these plans get to roll out so it'll be very interesting to see austin i want to definitely pick your brain on this what do you think about this sony netflix acquisition deal well yeah i mean it, in terms of castlevania i just submitted my request for a screener so hopefully i get to watch it Ooh. This week, which Ooh. I'm very excited about, nice. uh, and uh, this, the show is incredible. But yeah, the Sony thing is interesting because Sony is one of the few studios that doesn't have their own streaming platform. Uh, so they had to find a route that, uh, you know, could get them the viewership required since all of these other studios, whether it be your Paramount Plus, your Disney Plus, um, you've got to be competitive and stay competitive. So I think this is the first of many deals in this nature uh, but we see Netflix taking that next step, mm. bringing in a huge studio like a Sony. We see st uh, Sony taking that next step uh, because obviously the the landscape theatrically is changing. And now movies are going to go to streaming almost immediately after theaters and their theatrical runs are going to be shorter in the first place. So this is a wild deal, man. It's going to shake up the landscape, but uh, it's cool to see Sony do it because that means Netflix is going get to get its hands on some major franchises some big future. content there too yeah man definitely big content so just because marvel uh and and disney pulls out of the picture doesn't mean that netflix is not out of the game right. by far negative yeah. no not never so uh absolutely so give give ready castlevania's debuting may the 13th some good things coming in the way of netflix just when you thought that they might be losing a little steam they're like nah nah <laughs> we ain't going anywhere not anytime yeah, that's soon. That's right. <laughs> Lindsay Badger, what's up in your world? All right. Well, we are uh, breaking out a little bit of Doctor Strange news. You had me a doctor. Just come out. You, know, you know that's one of my <laughs> favorites. I love the good doctor. All right. So Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness wrapped up its production this week. What? Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige revealed that in his interview to... Um, 
that he's here in London on the set of Doctor Strange 2 for our final week. And Lizzie is here having worked nonstop from wrapping WandaVision and stepping right in to Doctor Strange 2. So we kind of knew that was already happening, right. but he just solidified that in that statement. Um while being interviewed about the Falcon Winter Soldier, Feige added, audiences are seeing that Marvel's Disney Plus shows are A-class productions just as big, just as important as the movies. We do have plans to go back and forth, which I mm. really like. Yeah. I like how they're doing this for us. Yeah, I think. So they have the time to work on the big movies and still kind of trickle feed us all us our hungry thirsty fans of all the geeky goodness they can possibly squeak out of all the comic books <laughs> i love what you said there though Lindsay. Uh, you know the the i guess the headline for for what you just said is like you know marvel fans disney plus is the best thing that ever happened to the mcu mm-hmm. and i could not agree, agree more to that statement and yeah. it, it's amazing because you you think of the production value of wandavision and the production quality of falcon and the winter soldier and for what we've already seen from Loki, we're seeing we're seeing cinematic effects in and in, in a television format, and I don't think that's ever been done before. You know, you, you've not never seen level. you know no not to that level. They're using the same CGI warehouses and companies that they use on their top films, yeah, and that's usually amazing. In a, usually in a series, you may have a season finale that meets almost to that level, but right. it's not yeah. ever an entire season Correct. from day one. Yeah. It is amazing, for sure. And I can't wait to see Doctor Strange. I don't know if you guys heard about this or not, but the security has been so tight on the filming of Doctor Strange 2. They have not even... The film sets themselves have security guards attached to each set. You can't even get within two-mile perimeter of where they're filming Doctor Strange 2. It is is literally on wraps so tight that unless you're an actor or directly tied to the film crew... You're not going to get to see anything, which makes me even more excited to see what's going to happen. <laughs> awesome. What do you think? Do you see that one picture, though? They, they released a picture on Twitter this week. Um, it was a farm scene that was filmed. Um, I can't remember the actual location of it, but it was on Twitter. And that's literally, it was taken probably a half a mile away. Uh, it was a zoomed in image, and that's all we got from Doctor Strange 2. So that's crazy. I'm, I'm hearing, uh, I mean, obviously we're going to explore the multiverse aspect of the movie. I'm hearing we're going to explore just as much of the madness. We're talking alternate versions of our characters. We've heard rumors of like, you know, they almost cast Tom Cruise as Iron Man. I'm hearing we may go that. see Tom Cruise as Iron Man in this movie. They almost cast this person as that person. I'm hearing not only that, but Sam Raimi, Danny Elfman, the entire crew from the Spider-Man trilogy. <laughs> I, I have a great feeling Tobey Maguire has filmed some scenes for this movie. It, this yeah. is going to, and we got confirmation of the Spider-Verse earlier this week. We in did. The, the Spider-Man Alfred movie. Molina. Yep. Oh, man, that's just dipping the toes in the water. I think Multiverse of Madness is going to be maybe the craziest comic book movie we've ever seen, uh, but we know nothing. And unlike Sony kind of leaking some of this information, yeah. Marvel's going to say, nope. You get nothing, well, and, and, and I don't want much, nothing. <laughs> is it possible that maybe Feige is playing with the fan base and trying to pull in these names and maybe play secretly, hey, maybe this person, maybe that person, just to kind of stir crazy? Well, everybody? the thing about some of the secrecy with Spider-Man 3 uh, specifically, because Spider-Man 3 is going to be dealing, it's kind of the introductory into the multiverse. Yes. Uh, it's already been confirmed that Doctor Doc Ock from Spider-Man 2, Tobey Maguire, he's already said he's in the film. 
And we've already had Andrew Garfield's stunt double on the film with Tom Holland as well at the same time. So we know Andrew Garfield is directly tied to it. And we also have seen Tobey Maguire uh, having some ties-ins as well. It's going to be insane. And that is just the tip of the iceberg. Let's do it. When you get into the multiverse of madness, like Austin was saying, there's going to be so many cameos and crossovers (laughs) and heroes in alternate costumes and things. Oh. I could just say, get ready, guys. It's going to be one heck of a ride. That's. It. I don't know if Alfred Molina was supposed to say what he said. I don't think he was he supposed to lot. say that. I don't <laughs> think he was supposed to lot. say that. And, and you know, yeah. I was reading his comment. I was reading it on comicbook.com uh, just, uh, I guess it was on Thursday when, when that new story broke. And I was just like, oof. <laughs> Feige's got, Feige's on the roof with that sniper. He's like, where the fuck are you? On it. Molina, where are you? But, you know, he was actually talking about, you know, I'm a little bit older and, you know, my back is not as, as good as it mm-hmm. used to be. And he was going into detail. Why was he talking about his back? He's wearing the freaking Doc Ock things. Yeah, dude. And they're going to de-age him in this movie. Like, because he said, we pick up from the scene in the river where he died yeah. in Spider-Man 2. Come on, guy. I mean, this is confirmation. This is all I need to just dude, I'm telling you, float out of this I'm, building. I'm, right I'm so crazy. This is awesome. <laughs> Lindsay Badger, your your new story just opened up an entire plethora of thirty minutes of banter. Yes, but that's awesome. Yes, it, it, it opened up the multiverse of <laughs> of fan madness. Of fan madness. That's right. <laughs> All right, pushing on here. We got two more news stories here, guys, and yes. we're going to push on into the topic of the of the of the week. Uh, the latest star to be joining the upcoming Indiana Jones Five is reportedly Mads Mikkelsen, who joins the uh, recently announced Phoebe Waller Bridge. And they're returning Harrison Ford. Now, no details have been revealed regarding who uh, Mickelson could be playing in the upcoming sequel with details about Waller Bridges' character limited to confirmation that she would be the female lead in the role. Now, the new film comes from director James Mangold, uh, who took over directing duties from Steven Spielberg, who will still be serving as producer on the film. Now, Indy, Indy 5 is expected to begin production this summer for a July 29. July the 29th, 2022 release date, tentatively, uh, with Mickelson having uh, recently replaced Johnny Depp in the third Fantastic Beast films. It's unknown how his how his involvement in that franchise could impact this Indiana Jones tenure. So very interesting there, but uh, I think Indy 5 is kind of shaping up going to be its own beast. It sounds like to me it's going to be very different from the franchise. And I think that might be an actually good direction to go because you can't revisit something that's already been done previously. Sure. So um, I'd love to know what your all's comments is in the chat room that you guys, what do you think about Indy 5? Drop it and let me know what you think and we'll, uh, we'll share your comment. Austin, what do you think about Indy 5? Uh, yeah, I mean, the James Mangold, I mean, it's it's hard to detour from Steven Spielberg, but if you're going to get anyone, get the director of Logan. So I'm so pumped about him as a director. But dude, his these two cinematography. Cast members, oh. oh, my God, dude. It's yeah. top notch. So dude. you bring that flair to Indy. You, you bring yeah. in Mickelson and Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who I think both of them, especially Mickelson, another round tied for my favorite movie of last year. Mm-hmm. The guy is phenomenal. So um, this is shaping up to actually get me excited. And I was hesitant. I won't lie, but if the talent is anything, sorry, the uh, chat room. I think this could get us very, very excited. <laughs> I'm sorry the chat room just caught me off guard. Austin reveals that he was going to play Mephisto oh, in yeah. Doctor Strange. <laughs> Y'all going to see me in Doctor I'm telling you right now, you're going to see me in Doctor Strange. Mephisto, right. man. You're freaking Mephisto, bro. I love the theories. This you is know, great. I, Keep them coming. I think it's time for a new action adventure movie. We, we had like this lull 
where mm-hmm. we haven't seen many of these movie types in, in, a, in quite a while because there used to be like all the Tomb Raider and then they had the, the Crystal Skull came out in the middle of all that hype and it kind of, I feel like it kind of got lost or fell, well, fell into the There was a freaking spaceship of took off at the end of that one. I'm like, yeah. Mm. <laughs> all right, like, so we well, went from, strange. we went from the so, Temple of Doom to the Holy Grail to a, an alien spaceship. Yeah. It's, this so, is, okay. I think with, with that type of movie not being as prevalent it's going to have a little bit more of a standout agreed agreed and i i'm I'm enjoying definitely the the directorial view on this as well uh we're going to get those vibes of logan and the cinematography and the and the shots and the framing and all of that you're going to get all of that from him so that truly makes me excited as well austin you got the last news segment of the week all right PlayStation. Hey, everybody. Uh, PlayStation has announced that the first major system software update for the PlayStation 5 was released on April 15th and bringing with it the ability to store PS5 video games on USB extended storage in addition to other social feature improvements. That's pretty cool. The update specifically includes cross-generation share play and improved game-based menu various other customization options, and more. While the social uh, social feature updates are all nice to have, it's the USB extended storage change that will arguably be the most important for those that have a PS5. With the update, players will be able to transfer PS5 video games from the console itself to USB extended storage and back again, should they so choose. Now, that's pretty cool. The one big downside of the new update is that while PS5 video games can be stored on USD, uh, USB extended storage, they can't actually be played from it. Regardless, the technology just keeps getting crazier, Joseph. I know you're a PS5 player. <laughs> uh, what's going on with this one, man? Dude, PS5, uh, I mean, it's it's really crazy. Um, there's going to be a system, system software update, obviously, that's going to be bringing a lot of this crazy. There There is a specific microchip. You could take off the base of your PS5, and there's a port that Sony has implemented that there's no other console, video game, computer, Mm. or Mac adapter in the world that can port to this port. And it's only specifically designed by Sony. When this software update goes live, you are going to be able to store so much data so fastly because their SSD software, Sony's PS5 SSD is among the fastest SSDs in any home market console in the world. That surpasses Xbox and what you can buy to build a computer. It is like literally, I don't, there's not, you don't measure it in RPMs, you're measuring it in data transfer rates. And so when this port goes live on the PS5, you will be able to play in real time to another console. If you have a PS4 in your bedroom and your PS5 in your living room, you can play on your PS4 from your PS5 without losing any latency. And you'll also be able to store all the games from your library on this new mass media storage once this adapter uh, goes live and and they flip the switch on this software. I just wish I had a PS5 to update. Um, (laughs) PS5 is amazing. And then... You know, I, I play on it every night. I'm very. Anybody uh, has an extra one? I, I was I was very <laughs> blessed to get the PS5 when it came out, November the fifteenth or something like that, sixteenth. But um, the PS5 is a game changer. I just recently got a 4K 120 hertz uh, TV to go into the man cave. Nice. Oh yeah. And so I'm now I'm playing Call of Duty and Warzone in beautiful 4K, stunning 4K. Um, but um, I'm definitely a huge Sony fan. I've never been an Xbox fan. 
uh, just because I can't stand Microsoft. And unfortunately, I'm broadcasting this entire production on a Microsoft PC. Uh, but I say that. And so, you know, but anyway, I digress. But uh, so it's going to be really interesting once this USB storage thing opens up for the PS5. And once this adapter is enabled, what yeah. options can happen because the Xbox doesn't even have this capability. Mm-hmm. So with all of that, we have one last news segment. Uh, I don't know if I'm telling you right now, Lindsay Badger is looking on fleek tonight. She is Aww. just all dolled up. She's Thank looking you. great. She's glowing. Cool. She's radiant. She's beautiful. Um, but now, also to no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> this Tuesday here. is something very special here for the Pop X family. It's Lindsay Badger's birthday. Yeah. So everybody in the chat, everybody that's listening to this podcast on April the 20th, it is Lindsay Badger's birthday. So please give her a huge shout out. Say happy birthday badges. And I want to say badge, uh, from the bottom of my heart, you have been with this on Pop X cast with me since 2015, since the very conception of pop x and this show would not be what it is without your glowing presence every time you're on here so i love you i adore you you're part of this family and you mean a lot especially to me and i know you mean a lot to mike and allison as well but you're you're loved girl i love you guys too i I love the pop x uh, concept family the the whole crew all the fans that listen and every single week here show up in the chat I appreciate every single one of you. You're getting some love over there. Lots of love. Oh, my gosh. Look look at the chat room. You're getting some love. Thanks, guys. That's it. Thank you so much. All right, guys. You ready to do some retro rewind? Yes. Absolutely. That was a little bit of a pause there. Uh, Are you guys ready to do (laughs) some retro? I'm reading all the birthday chats, man. I was reading all the birthday chats. I'm sorry. All righty. Happy birthday, Lindsay. We'll be right back with the retro rewind. Retro Rewind. This week's movie is one that I know Lindsay Badger has been bubbling to talk about. It is The Princess Bride. We're talking about that on this week's Retro Rewind. And, you know, Lindsay, I got to be honest with you. It has been probably 15 years since I've seen this movie. You're kidding. And I forgot that Fred Savage is in the movie. That's how long it's been since I've watched this. But I just love, you know, you got Peter Falk in this. And we all know him from Kojak. Um, mm-hmm. But I just, I forgot about the cast. Uh, I knew the storyline and I knew the, the funny, you know, avenues to get to the story and the prince and the princess and all of that. But this was really a great ride to revisit. And I want to thank you for suggesting this for us so much. So uh, we're talking about <laughs> inconceivable. Incon- it is. Inconceivable. Inconceivable. I do not think you know what that word means. I don't think you, I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> well, That's you know what? what? I think I think honestly, this was Lindsay Badger, one of her one of her picks from her repertoire, and yes. it is her birthday. So, how about you? F- let us know what is it about the Princess Bride that you love? Um, mm-hmm. it has all of the tropes of a classic romantic fairy tale. But the thing that makes it set apart from all of the other romantic fairy tales is that it makes fun of itself the entire time. Mm -hmm. It is constantly a 
cliche after cliche. And it, it it's, I appreciate a, as a friend, somebody that can laugh at themselves when they're being silly. And so this movie just kind of defines that personality. I think as you watch this movie, it's, it starts off all mushy gushy, you know, and and then it rolls into a bunch of silliness with rhyming games. And as you introduce the villains, villains of the movie, which turn out to be good guys, you know, this whole thing. And it, it, it takes you on this little adventure. But really, honestly, the storyline is kind of pointless. Yeah. It's all of the one liners and the jokes and the little yeah. snippets along the way <laughs> yes. that make this movie so great. It definitely is a very choppy, horribly told story, but you fall in love with the characters. Yes, there is justice that is served along the way, but um, you just fall in love with the one-liners, and and the, there there is this weird love story thing. But it's like, oh well, okay, well this is we're just going to move along because it doesn't really matter about the story being told. It's just right. going to be all this greatness happening. So I don't know. It's I don't know. Honestly, it's just this unspoken magic that I love this movie so yeah. much. It's really not the best movie in the world. If you break it down critically, if you want to put your little critic hat on, I'm sure you're going to be like, this movie is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> but If you're talking about like the context of how a story is told and built, but it's just a fun thing. It's, it's almost, I, do I dare compare it to like the Holy Grail? Because there's technically a storyline uh, yeah. in Holy Grail, but it's really more about the jokes than but it is the story. You're thinking of satirical comedy. Yes, you're it's thinking very of you're thinking of comedy. a movie. It kind of knows it follows in 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 you know like the Cannonball Express and in yeah. a lot of the early Richard Pryor and and um, uh, Gene Wilder movies. It kind of follows in that format. Yeah. Uh, even Mel Brooks comes to mind when you're thinking about even you know Spaceballs. You know, a movie that is is satirically making fun Definitely. of another franchise. Mm -hmm. This movie is kind of making fun of that um, Alexandrian, you know, you know, uh, kind of setting. You know, Knights of the Round Table, and yeah. you know that whole thing. And uh, that, but it's it's really awesome, though. I love your I love your take on it. You're very you're really honest. Is it the best movie? Probably not, but no. there is some memorable moments in here and probably one of my favorite i'm gonna i'm gonna go next if i may is definitely yeah. andre the giant oh yeah. he's um, amazing uh, there's a really great documentary on andre the giant on hbo max so good if you have not watched it this yeah. guy is a freaking teddy bear he had his heart was bigger than what he was and uh, metaphorically and physically uh but he is Oh my gosh, I just loved everything about Andre the Giant. I grew up watching Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan and all those guys from him. the old WWF days. But every time I hear Wallace Shawn's voice, oh my God. <laughs> that unique voice, I always immediately go to Tory Story. Where do you think we are? <laughs> Greenland! <laughs> yeah. And then you got Billy Crystal, half fighting star in the castle. Oh, I love Magic Max and his wife. The whole scene is just... It's so good. I mean, it, it is really great. There's a lot of funny moments in this. And you, you know, you're right, though. When you saw when you said Monty Python, humperty, humperty, humperty. <laughs> you know, you know, you, um, I don't remember the actor's name, but um, in the sword fight, when he gets punched and, and, and he gets jousted in the arm and then he gets jousted in the chest, it kind of reminds oh, me of that six, scene. The six fingered man. The, well, that's when he's battling the six fingered man. Yeah, but I can't in, remember the in guy. The Montoya. <laughs> yes. Yes. 
Um, How could you not? Hello, my name is Montoya. <laughs> Um, it reminds me of that scene in Monty Python where it's only a flesh wound. We are the knights who saved me. You know, he just he just kept on going. Here he is, yeah. like gushing blood, but yet he's walking around, running through the castle. I thought yeah, it was six just fingers hilarious. man's like, stop saying that. <laughs> it was so good, dude. Um, <laughs> but I truly enjoyed it. I I loved the there's there's a certain charm about this, and I'll, one aspect too that I really enjoyed was it was the grandfather. Uh, Peter Falk, who was Columbo. I'll correct myself, not mm-hmm. Kojak. Yes. Kojak was Telly Savalas. I'm sorry. Anyway, um, all you sticklers out there. But it was just very heartwarming because you had this kid and you didn't really know if Fred Savage's character was kind of like, is he in bed because he's sick or is he yeah. home from school? It didn't really go into that. But we just know that the grandpa's there and he's got a book and he's telling his grandson a story. And I just thought that was extremely is this charming. A kissing book. Is, is this a kissing book? No, it's not. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He repeats it like 17 times, Joe. I know, Mike. I'm sorry. Gosh. If you ask me about Blade Runner or RoboCop, I got you all day long. But this this is <laughs> definitely not in my top 10 of my, uh, my <laughs> 80s sorry, movies. I, I tortured these boys this week. No, I'm so I'm, sorry, You know guys. what, though? I'm glad you did because I, I love watching movies that reflect your childhood, Lindsay. Yeah. Because this lets me know a little bit about what you grew up with. Oh, dude, and what it's you such enjoy. a classic, though. It in, is. in any of my real life friends, I'm like, have you not ever seen The Princess Bride? Yeah. Coming, you're you're coming over tonight, and well, we are watching this movie. Yeah. It's funny. It's because like you can't be my friend if you don't know what The Princess Bride is. <laughs> Alex has Alex has never seen The Princess Bride. So, so did she watch it with you guys? We are we're going to sit down and watch it together. Oh, so, yeah, she'll love it. Yeah. She'll love it. Awesome, Burke. Yeah. The critic, the man, the myth, the legend. What did you think of the princess? Was bride? it cringy? What for do you, you think of the princess bride? Well, I don't want to say cringy. It's it's purposefully cringy, and I think that's what works about the movie so yes. well. Yeah. Um. There's this sense of joy and and the satirical nature of it throughout. I think works extremely well. And you guys have drawn some comparisons to some other satires, especially from the '80s, that I think uh, you can definitely look at and reflect but it's almost like the princess bride takes itself seriously in a way in terms of reflecting the genre but everywhere else it's pure satire and i really like that it's almost this weird mixture that you know monty python it's so different because that's almost a pure comedy yeah right this movie and not that i love monty python but this movie has heart it has emotion at just the concept of uh, you know, Fred Savage laying there and being told the story and then learning about these, uh, you know, these characters and this journey. That's really interesting in itself. And yeah, like Lindsay said, right, it's not perfectly constructed, but I don't think it I don't think it necessarily needs to be, especially when you look at the comedy. It's like, I don't know if, if this was told any other way, if that comedy would have hit in the way that it hit. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's it's almost perfectly built in that way. And there's a reason why it's resonated with so many people and it's looked at as a classic. And I didn't know some of these like Robin Wright, right? Uh, uh, Mandy Paddington, who plays uh, Inigo Inigo Montoya. And he is one of my favorite actors in the business. He's a huge TV star. He was in the film Wonder. Don't forget Robin Wright. Oh, yeah, Robin Wright. Blade Runner. I, I had no clue that this guy was in this movie. And he's the main character because he looks so different compared yeah, to what he looks he like. Now, look Madison, different. she actually pointed that out to me. She's like, is that your boy from, because Wonder is one of my favorite movies from 2017. I'm like, 
It is. And the <laughs> cast, you mentioned Wallace Shawn, Joe. Wallace Shawn is so funny. Andre the yeah. Giant and Peter Falcon. Man, it is just a stacked cast. And uh, I had a great time rewatching this, man. That's it's good. been about 10 years yeah, since I watched it. I watched it uh, in high school, I think, was the last time. We were in the middle of one of our classes, and the teacher just threw it on. And everybody else is, you know, talking, and I'm just sitting there watching <laughs> But I, I really enjoy this, right? And I could definitely sit and nitpick it in some of the way, but it's almost like the perfect reflective 80s yes. fantastical satirical movie, uh, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. That's you know, awesome. And, and being a girl, you know, in, in this being from a childhood like movie, uh, you would think that, oh, Buttercup was my favorite character of the whole movie. You know, you resonate, you want to be a princess. Honestly, I didn't like her. I didn't <laughs> like her. the way she conducted herself was yeah. just so snooty and horrible really throughout the whole movie, except for like the very end when she's getting on a white horse and running away. You know, I just really <laughs> didn't like her. Yeah. And I, I really honestly, Wesley was my my mm. favorite of, yeah. th of the main character crew yeah. that went through the whole movie i could resonate with him um in his journey and his comedy like whenever he was like his eyes were telling like his movement like right after he became came back from being mostly dead mm -hmm. um in at the his speech at the very end in the honeymoon suite where he's threatening oh. Humperdinck yes. is the most brilliant scene so of good. the entire movie. Now, other yeah. than the other than the sword fight with with Indigo Montoya, that was brilliant too. Well, you know, you yeah, think of Buttercup uh, specifically, Robin Robin Wright's uh, yes. character. I love her. She's always going to be Jenna for me. Oh yes, uh, and, and you know, <laughs> she was also in Wonder Woman. You know, yes. she's Antiope in Wonder Woman. Uh, right. So she, has she a lot of House of Cards. Ones. I mean. Her yeah. her her laundry list of of cinematography. She oh she was also in Unbreakable, as well. Um, yes. So oh the girls got and then of course Reese as of recently she was in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. She was the detective, the head of detective, the K's yes. boss essentially. Yeah. She was one of my favorite movies. Uh, so yeah. I mean, you think about her being in Buttercup. It was kind of a throwback for me. I was like, wait, you're K and Blade Runner and you're <laughs> Butter. What? Anyway. So let's so, rate the movie. Let's give it our our, our grading. I'm going to go with Birthday okay. Girl first. All right. Yes. Um, I'm going to do an eight and a half, eight point five. Nice. Um, it's an incredibly meme worthy movie. Yes. And I think that's what I love about it the most. You know, every time you talk about marriage, <laughs> marriage is what brings <laughs> us here today. Anytime yeah. there's wedding discussions, there's always that quote somewhere. Um, there, there's just highly memorable lines from this movie and it's a good joy ride that you can go back and watch again and again. Absolutely. So, um, 8.5 is good, is a good score. For I think I want to go with about a 7.8 on my end. I just, I, I okay. love the comedic part of it. I think for me, uh, the comedy was one of the best bits and then seeing Andre the giant, the big lovable yeah. teddy bear that everybody loves, but also to just the, the comedic actors of that time. Uh, was just really great. It was really enlightening, and 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 I forgot. Like I said, I forgot most of the beginning, like Fred Savage and Peter Falk, and just all these guys. Uh, I was like, whoa, forgot about that. Yeah. It was really nice to revisit. And so yeah. I want to say thank you, Lindsay. Seven point eight for me. Very good. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go an eight two. I had it right at an eight, uh, but the way I grade, I upped my score two points for just the way that it resonated with me. I, I think it's. Uh, you know, 
I watched it two days ago, and I'm still thinking about those one-liners. I'm still thinking about those characters. <laughs> they, they haunt you, don't yeah, they? They, they do. They're so applicable in multiple facets of your life as you go they, on. <laughs> yeah, and, and it stuck with me a lot more than I expected after this revisit. So, yeah, 8-2 for me, man. What a... What I a, love it. Just a, it's so different because not many movies could pull off what they pulled off, but they did it, which is cool. Yeah. Mike related in the chat, love. Tov love. Love. <laughs> It's one of my favorites, dude. All right, so we got an 8.5, we got a was it 8.2 and a 7.8. So across the board, I guess, is about an 8. If you look at the We're getting eight eight and a half in the chat over there. Anybody else want to add a grade? Go for it. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, So we're going to move on to Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Now, I will throw up the spoiler alert warning. If you've not seen Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Episode 5, or any of the last ones, for that matter. Or four. Or four, specifically. Um, You might want to hit that pause button, come back, and then pick right up where you left off, okay? So we'll be right back. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, starting now. You are about to enter a Pop-Pop-X spoiler alert. Beyond this point, there is no return. You have been warned. You have been warned, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Episode 5. Dropped on Friday. And so, my God, what a plethora. It is setting up some crazy stuff for the finale in episode six. Um, Wow. Where do we begin? I mean, of course, episode five. Now, we haven't covered Falcon and the Winter Soldier since episode one. Uh, We actually did that two episodes ago. So we've not covered two, three, four, and five. Uh, So to catch catch us up, I guess we'll, we'll just kind of focus on the story at large. You know, John okay. Walker took the juice and he got a little cray cray <laughs> and he uh, ended up killing one yeah. of the flag smashers and it happened to be the wrong flag smasher. And then now yeah. he has been banned and barred uh, from the government with a uh, dishonorable discharge and no benefits from the government. And he has been stripped of his title of Captain America. Mm. Insert Bucky Barnes and Sam Wilson. Um, so right off the bat, guys, I truly loved the dynamic between Bucky and Sam yes. working on the boat together. It was just for me, it was a scene I think all the fans wanted to see, and we got to see that connection. And yeah. they went from hating and despising each other to having each other's backs. And I Who think called that? that you did. Who called that one? You did. Yeah. You called that you called that two episodes ago. Yes, sir. But um, you know, and then we did, you know, in episode four, we did get the Zemo dancing. Um, if you've missed oh, that and if you've been under a rock under the internet for the past probably two weeks, I don't know what this is, but that's what Zemo was doing in the club. And I guess he's doing his shake weight. Is he doing his shake weight? Yeah. I think that's, he's shake weight. I don't know. Weight. That's a little fast. It's yeah. a little fast. It's a little fast. Oh, that, that's a bad that's, movement. I shouldn't do that on Pop X. No. Um, I think you should. But <laughs> thanks, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are good. Keep going. <laughs> oh man, just still going. I'm gonna keep going. I love it. No, don't do it, please. Don't. You need to stop right now. Um, so, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Episode Five. I mean, there's a lot of things that they are setting up. Uh, let's yes. just talk about the elephant in the room. Let's get it right out at the top. I'm gonna throw this out. Dreyfus's character. Who is she? Oh. What is she? And where is she from? She's Miss Hydra, isn't she? Yeah. Her character, she told her, she said the character's name. Well, she said the character's name. She is uh, Val, is it? Val, yeah. Yeah. All right, so if you don't know what's going on here, let me back up. Please. 
comic uh, book Black educators. Widow was supposed to have revealed this character. Yes. Black Widow has been delayed, and we're supposed to already know who this character is. Okay. All right. So having that knowledge, we're going to see more of Dreyfus's character Val in Black Widow, obviously. Like need to be dancing, too. Um, so we're going to see more of uh, Val's character <laughs> coming yeah. up in Black Widow. But if you think about it, the way it was supposed to be released, it was supposed to be in Black Widow and then Falcon and the Winter Soldier in the fall of last year. That was yes. the timetable in which it was supposed to be set up. We're all supposed to automatically know, oh, my God, she's recruiting uh, John Walker for Hydra or uh, whatever this is that she's got on. I kind of think it's the Thunderbolts, honestly. But um, we shall see. Lindsay, Austin, what do you guys think about this character, this cameo, if you will? I don't know much of her backstory, <clears throat> but I, I, I'm interested to see what route that takes, honestly. Austin I have a theory. Well, let me hear Here's your my theory. Let me hear your theory. You want to hear my theory? Let me hear your theory. Here's my theory. Let me have it. So in Give it to me. The comics. Well, you got to say it like Obi-Wan. In the comics. <laughs> in the comics, sorry. In the comics, she has a very interesting relationship with Nick Fury, and they could easily dive into that storyline and reveal it and, and, and talk about their backstory, their history together. But we look at what Nick Fury did. He walked around and went to Iron Man and went to all these different Avengers and recruited them for a team. team. What did Val do in this episode? She walked up to John Walker. I am Iron Man. We're starting a team. Now, she didn't say that, but she hands him this card. So my theory is that we're going to see that card pop up in many different projects. And what it is, is it's essentially, you are now going to be a part of my team. Now, John Walker wasn't supposed to be the first one, but now John Walker is the first one. I have a feeling maybe Taskmaster will be the one that she recruits in Black Widow. And we're going to continue to see that team build until they have that entire team possibly have their own series, possibly take on one of the new, young West Coast Avengers, but John Walker could indeed be the leader of that team as U.S. agent, and I think she's going to be the Nick Fury of the bad side. That's U.S. agent think. is coming, absolutely. Even mm -hmm. though his name wasn't dropped in this in this series, yeah. I still kind of, you know, even well, at the beginning, I kept calling him U.S. agent. The, the, yeah. credits, the end credit scene saw where he was rebuilding his own shield out of the Medals yes. of Honor. He got the spray paint out. Yeah. He got the spray paint. He got the cry, cryoland out, and he was spray painting that thing up, but... Um, okay, does he not know this is not vibranium? I mean... Does he understand the concept of vibranium? Does he not understand this thing's not going to be able to fly like vibranium flies? The, the aerodynamics is not going to be intact? I'm, I'm interested to see how crafty John Walker is, because we're going to see how he puts that suit together. <laughs> he might walk in looking like a, like a clown, and it's going to be... Oh, I don't know. But <laughs> I do want to let all of our listeners know right quick, we are going to cover the finale on the next episode of PopX Cast. Nice. Before we deep dive into Mortal Kombat, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about Mortal Kombat. But before we dive into that, we're actually going to spend a little bit of time talking about Falcon and Winter. So, Wrap it so up this be, year. be sure you tune in because we're going to give our thoughts on that. But okay. getting back to it, you know, I think John Walker in that in that closing scene, building his shield. Um, yeah, I got some questions about that. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. not going to fly very well. <laughs> no. Speaking of crafting things, I want to switch over to Falcon for just a sec. Yep. Because, you know, yeah. at the end of that episode, he opens a case. Oh, yes. That Bucky oh, yes. brought him. From Wakanda. Yeah, I mean, if people weren't 
keeping up with the timeline of events here because I almost skipped over it myself. After the big fight where Falcon gets his wings ripped, ripped off, off yep. he doesn't take the wings with him. He says, you know, screw it, keep them, whatever. He was pissed off. He went back home. Bucky later with the Wakanda folk, they say you need to come back and chill with us, but they never really show him going. They just kind mm -hmm. of assume you're going to figure that out. He goes back. And then he comes back to meet up with Sam and help fix up the boat, right? Yeah. With his sister. Yeah. While he's gone, he brings back this case. But nobody knows what's inside it. I'm going to bet you $5. Five Pop X bucks. I could use that. I could do. I got <laughs> my mortgage due next dollars. month. Yeah. That those are new Falcon wings made out of vibranium. Yeah. I'm, All right. I, I absolutely think let so. Me, yeah. Let me throw out new my suit. theory now. Okay, okay, go for it. All right. So we're, 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 this is the beauty of Pop X, ladies and gentlemen. We're theorizing. Yes, um, this is the, the fan. If fan you notice, when his wings were ripped off and they were carrying them in the bag, Torres was carrying them in the bag. Let me be specific on this. Who hold is? on, hold on. Who is he? Torres in the comics becomes the new Falcon. Yes, yes he does. So Torres, <laughs> is, they're setting up Torres to be one of the next future generation heroes. Oh, I love yeah. that. And if you notice, Sam didn't want the wings back. Mm -hmm. So I think the case is the new Captain America outfit that oh, Sam will okay. be having. Fair yes. enough. And Torres has the wings, which he is a very brainy guy. He's going to fix those wings, probably they give him a new paint job. They kind of hinted at that at the beginning of the series where he was like, oh, here, let me take a look at that. And he was like, don't touch my stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I think Torres is going to get the wings fixed. They're okay. going to be better than ever. And Torres is going to be trained by Sam uh, probably at some point to be the next Falcon while Sam takes on the mantle, the true mantle without his wings of no Captain wings America. At all? You don't want to like stars and stripes up some wings. Well, he's going to be stars and stripes, but I don't think he's going to have wings. I'm <sighs> taking both of y'all and I'm going to combine them. I think he has the suit with the red, white, and blue and the wings. I okay. think they're going to be vibranium wings. Vibranium wings. Yes. Yes. And he's, he's Which getting means, some mad shield skills, by the way. I'm well, that yes. will make sense, though, because, I mean, if you think about it, I'm kind of rethinking now that you said that. He flies. That's his skill. That's his talent. Why would yeah. you want to take that away? Give that up. So yeah. that's his strength and his rocket pack, his jet pack. So having it in vibranium. <laughs> Dude. Come on. Vibranium shield, vibranium uh, jet pack, vibranium wings. Dude, Sam Wilson is set. This man cannot die. Now, the only knock against him, right, is that he is indeed a human. Um, but I really like the training montage. You know, every training montage solves all your problems. But I, I like showcasing that because, you know, any other guy who wasn't ready would get his arm chopped off by that now, shield. But he's proven he's ready for it. Something I can't confirm from the comics. And yes. maybe somebody in the chat room. Now, this is a Joe asking the fan base for a question. Mm-hmm. I don't know this specifically because I not dove into Sam Wilson's character as deeply in the comics as I should have. Did Sam Wilson ever take the serum? Ooh. Did he become Because a super if you soldier? remember in Captain America 1, the, the German doctor told him that it enhances what is already there. Everything yeah. that's in Sam is good, is pure, is and righteous. It, that statement was repeated with um, John Walker's partner. What was his name again? 
Yes. Um, they got killed. Battlestar. Battlestar. Yeah. Battlestar repeated that same quote right yeah. before yeah. that big battle happened as well. I'm curious if Sam will ever take the serum and actually be the superhero that he... I don't think he will. I, I, I don't yeah, know. I, I mean, it, it's a big question, but um, yeah. I don't know. I don't have the answers. I'm just kind of... I high. think it would make him one of the most elite Avengers, though. I mean, you look at what he's doing right now without superpowers, and and I buy it because he's a trained soldier, yeah. uh, and we know he has the skill set. But, man, if he had that super soldier serum, that guy could be unstoppable with yeah. his skill set. And he would definitely be the next Captain America because he would... Absolutely. He could be able to go up against Titans like, you know, a Thanos-type villain yeah. or something like that without having, oh, I'm a mortal. I got to stick back yeah. and just fight the small guys. You know, if you're assuming the role of Captain America, you don't want to be just a normal guy. Yeah. And it would be great. I mean, you also, too, I'm thinking about it. Let's stop and rewind for a second and focus on one character that I think truly needs to get a lot of love, and that's Isaiah Bradley. Oh, my gosh, Gosh. dude. His character in this show of being the first super soldier— and yes. and I just love so emotion. Oh, the emotions in his performance were just spot on. That actor, oh my God, he had me almost in tears. Yeah. And you could just feel it. You know, I mean, we we've got a black man who was experimented on, yeah. and it just literally took and then advantage and then of. tossed in prison for thirty years and lost his wife. Yeah, basically his, lost his entire everything. life. Everything, and then they ruined. They kicked him out and just left him to be whatever. The, the worst life you could possibly think of for putting your life on the line for your country. It's his arc, horrible. his arc is powerful, very powerful, and it resonates on a lot of different levels for a lot of different that, people. That question that he asked Sam is, "Do you really think that we would let a black man be Captain America?" Was mm. just gut wrenching. It just shot, like stabbed me right in the heart and twisted it yeah. a little bit. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh my gosh. It's deep, and I think, you know, Isaiah Bradley actually is in the comics, for those of you that don't know. He was the first super soldier, mm-hmm. technically, to not have a reaction or die from the serum, though Steve Rogers was the most noted. Uh, but uh, Isaiah was the guinea pig, unfortunately, and he was yeah. experimented on. And there is actually some several panels and scenes and comics where Isaiah is in the Captain America-style-esque attire, uh, defending freedom. So if you get on the internet and you search Isaiah Bradley Marvel Comics, you will see what he would have looked like in the comics. And it's uh, just a really nice deep dive. But I'm just so glad that Marvel is tackling topics that are real, yeah. topics that are relevant, that are current, in a way that is just so classy. And I, yeah. I just hats off to Kevin Feige for doing that. I don't think there's any other franchise in the world. I think Star Wars does it as well. Um, they 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 tackle that that you know the topic of race as being aliens and being outsiders and foreigners to a land. And yeah. even the X Men was Stanley's stamp on yeah. the whole racial movement of the '60s that we're all different in our own way, but when we when we combine, we are so much greater. Um, you know, that's the whole, I don't know if you knew that guys, but that was the whole premise of X-Men when Stanley and Jack Kirby created them. Oh yeah. It was Stan their response was to the very racial. boisterous about Absolutely. equality. But, yeah. Um, how do you, how do you feel about how the flag smashers are, are turning out to be? Man, I just think it's an antagonist for the story. They're line. just kind of lackluster to me for being that big bad. 
of a I series. Here, here's the problem with the Flag Smashers, and they are by far my biggest issue with this series so far because they're just not being utilized to their full potential. So what I've heard is that their storyline was originally supposed to be a lot different, but you know what it had to do with originally? A global pandemic and the government manufacturing a virus. So Marvel had to go back and reshoot their entire story to not, you know, kind of spark the crap out of everybody. Controversy. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, and you can see hints and, and clues of that. The GRC, something that they made very prevalent in the first episode, they've not really come back to it. Well, apparently they're the company responsible for manufacturing that virus. But that, ent that entire storyline is cut. So I think we're missing a lot from the Flag Smashers here, and I'm feeling that because yeah. we just keep coming back to them. She's it like, we're going to do this empty. thing, and we're going to do this thing, and now they're going to finally do the thing, but it's just so, it's like, okay, do your thing. So back that <laughs> yeah. up for me, Austin. You said that uh, there was a subplot that was filmed in Falcon and Winter yes. Soldier with a viral contagion? Mm -hmm. was filmed in its entirety, I believe, and they had to go back and change the entire story and cut a lot of stuff out. So you're missing a lot from the Flag Smashers, and we can see why. Wow. So that's literally demeaned their entire role in this. Yes. They are essentially the cog that brings together John Walker and Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, as opposed to the actual villains that were doing something that I think would have been much more intriguing. But, you know, when you're dealing with the pandemic, I understand why Disney did. Yeah, but I mean, uh, honestly, I would have just left it in. Dang. Yeah. I, it would have made for a much better series. I mean, I, I really enjoy the series, obviously, but man, that could have just the, the cherry on top. I think it's something that's really needed with their characters. Yeah. Wow. I didn't, I, you know, I didn't know that. I, I don't think I've ever read that, that, that there was a viral uh, thing. And I understand it's a sensitive thing, but also, too, you know, you are living in the world of Marvel. And I know Disney's. I hope at some point. Let me let me just say all that to say this. I hope at some point we get to see that footage. And yeah, the, nice. I mean, I have a yeah. feeling that probably Falcon and Winter Soldier was meant for eight or nine episodes. Mm -hmm. And there's yeah. probably some stuff there that was cut. Absolutely. Because yep. if you think about it, Wandavision was thirty-five to forty minutes, forty-five minutes, and I, I, it would have made more sense if Falcon and Winter Soldier probably was around eight or nine episodes at thirty yes. to forty-five minute episodes apiece. But now they're fifty minutes apiece, so. That's why we get six, and they probably cut yeah. some stuff out of there. Wow, I didn't know that. I think so, too. Interesting. What was, what was the favor that uh, Falcon called Sharon for? Sharon Carter. Uh, Carter. So there's a lot of rumors about Sharon Car Carter. Some people say she is the power broker. Some people say she's working for the power broker. I personally think she is, and there this is the common red herring in a show like this, I think she is still on the good side. They keep cutting back to her, making it look like she's on she's the bad, bad side. She's very sparsely sprinkled through the series. It's kind of hard yes. to get a thumb on yeah, her. Yeah, exactly. Not, not full potential. Not full potential, in my opinion. But she called Batrock in. I think Batrock may be being used as a spy for the Flag Smashers because I think Sharon really wants to pardon herself. She mentioned it in the first episode, mm -hmm. uh, not being pardoned and being upset with Sam. I think this is her way to kind of come in, maybe save the day even, and get herself pardoned from the government. Otherwise, yeah. she may very well be the power broker, and she may be on the bad side. Yeah, she's, Interesting. she's still a, on the fence character. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Lindsay, because I think her character has kind of been wasted a little bit. I mean, I know that mm -hmm. it's, it's her scenes are very few and far between and, and stuff, but, man, I think they could have done so much more with her character yeah. in this show. Me too. Me too. Uh, I think they definitely dropped the ball on, on that. 
Did you guys find it interesting when Bucky was helping with the the boat and he was just using like his regular arm and, and Falcon was like, well, why aren't you using your <laughs> yeah. arm? And he was like, I kind of forget that it's there. And I'm like, how? <laughs> how do you forget that you have a powerhouse of vibranium well, he's that you can easily just twist? Yeah. I get it though. I get it because he said he's right-handed. It's like, yeah, I mean, I don't really use my, I can't use my left hand for anything, but you'd think with that big metal arm, you'd kind of learn because it's like, that could come in handy every now and then. I just thought thought that 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 was was just funny. Yeah, Yeah, it was really funny. It was good. Late nights in the uh, crapper, telling you. (laughs) Um, But uh, long story short. But I think honestly though, episode five is definitely shaping up to be it's a, definitely a good conduit to going into episode six. There's a lot of moving parts yeah, and hopefully those sure. moving parts come to fruition in episode six. Uh, there's a lot of stories and I hope that each one of these oh, story arcs yeah. is at least tackled or we have an answer like uh, Sharon Carter's character. Um, what happens with John Walker, the flag smashers, um, you know, obviously Sam taking the mantle of Captain America. How is that going to yeah. be? If the government doesn't know that Sam has the shield. The government doesn't know that Sam is in training, and he doesn't know that Sam is getting ready to assume the role. It was um, interesting how they specifically stated the government does not own the shield. Yes, yes, yeah, as they should not. <laughs> yeah, that's you can't do that. That's 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 a pride of the nation right there. Um, but uh, I don't want to say uh, John Poffenbarger, you know, that fight opening scene in episode five was oh, pretty freaking epic. Yeah. And, uh, and weaving back in Henry Jackman's score from Civil War, you yes. know, the moment when when Bucky has Iron Man and just twists that little piece and he blows his arm off. That exact music comes in when John has Falcon on the ground and he rips the wings off. I'm like, what a beautiful harken back to that moment. In Civil yeah. War. I thought it was just awesome. Just awesome. Yeah, I uh, couldn't agree more, Mike. They got a lot of ground to cover in episode six, and I hope they that, do. Uh, we do get those answers. I hope they don't leave us kind of empty-handed. Um, you know, obviously, we're going to have some things that are going to be changing some of the big characters in the MCU, specifically mm-hmm. Falcon. Um, we got Torres, who's shaping up to be possibly the next Falcon himself. Uh, so um, it's really interesting. So we're going to be doing all of this review coming up on the final episode of Pop X 121 in two weeks, mm-hmm. as well as Mortal Kombat. But uh, we do. Uh, what's that, Austin? You want to say something? One, one final thing. So I like that they tied off Zemo's storyline in this episode uh, yes. to leave you know more time for other things next episode. Instead of taking him to Wakanda, they take him to the raft. raft. Guess who yeah. is in charge of the raft? General Thunderbolt Ross. Ross. Yeah, so they're, they're definitely that boy. leading, leading oh, there. Oh, he is going to go bad and take every single villain in there and create the Thunderbolts, and I am here for that. I okay, can't r- that. Remind me real quick, who all is on the Thunderbolts? I, I right remember now, I Red Hulk. saw Boss I, Logic's poster, so I know there's like... Yes. There's yeah. so um, Red Zemo. Hulk. Uh, we know Abomination's in the raft, so I have a feeling Abomination. Abomination's from the Incredible Hulk. Yes. Deadpool is yes. Deadpool in there? Um, he could be technically. I, I don't think know Deadpool's if they... in whatever he wants to be. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think if Taskmaster survives, I think Taskmaster's going to be in the Thunderbolt. Ta- Zemo. Zemo. Yeah, yeah, Zemo. He may um, even be the leader. And then of course and, Thunderbolt Ross. And then General Thunderbolt boss. Now that they're creating the serum again, yeah. that's a. Great conduit because Thunderbolt Ross in the comics takes the serum and becomes the Red Hulk. And so I think that's going to be such a great. I can't wait to see that, obviously. 
Um, but I do think that there's, you're right. They're setting up a lot of crazy stuff here. Uh, really quick before we do the official wrap up, uh, I got the chance to go to the cinema this weekend and see nobody with Bob Odenkirk. I went on Monday. And um, well, yeah. actually, Lindsay, you going and telling me about it from Monday inspired me to go last night Dude, to watch it. It was worth and, it. And uh, I got to tell you, freaking blown away. If you've not seen Nobody, you've not it rented was great. it. I went to the cinema. I haven't been back to the movie since I saw Wonder Woman 84 and Christmas. Oh, wow. And so okay. I haven't been. It's been a long time for me back in the cinema. Yeah. It felt great. Oh, my gosh. It felt so good. Just sitting down, getting some popcorn, you know, reclining back and on the big silver screen and just watching yeah. Bob Odenkirk do his thing. It was amazing. <laughs> um, definite John Wick vibes straight out of oh, the yeah. gate. I mean, it was for amazing. Sure. Uh, Austin, did you see nobody yet? Yeah, I didn't get to see on the big screen. They sent me a digital screener for it, but I saw it about a month and a half ago. And let me tell you, one of my favorite movies of the year. <laughs> Absolutely entertaining. Uh, almost a slightly satirical John Wick, but it's even yeah. more gritty yeah. than John yeah. Wick. And Bob Odenkirk is a beast uh, in this movie. And also our boy, Doc from Back to the Future. Christopher Lloyd. I'm not going to say oh. I'm not going to say what he does in the movie, but let me tell you, he nailed it. Oh my god, Dude, nailed it! It was just so awesome for me to see Doc Brown just doing some things that Doc Brown normally wouldn't be doing, and it was yep. it was pretty awesome. My I'm not going to spoil man. it. We're not going to do spoilers on this. No, uh, no, we're not even doing a full review. Just we liked it. But I'm going to tell you right we'll now. Just leave it like that. I actually, yeah. I'm going to be giving. I'm going to give you my score right now for. Yeah. Uh, oh, all right. Um, did I give it? I gave it. Hold on a minute. Hold on. I got to pull up my letterbox. Bonus. Because I can't remember if I gave it an 82 I think or I an saw 85. Your I think it was an 85. I think you gave it an 85. I did 8.5. I gave it 8.5 out of 10. I stalk um, you on letterbox. Um, you do stock me on Letterboxd. I do. <laughs> I like that. Um, but uh, I'm telling you, nobody, do yourself a favor. If you feel yeah. comfortable, you feel safe, go to, the th- go to the cinema, the movie theater, buy yourself a ticket and just sit down yeah. and enjoy nobody. It's that's, a great That's one. a good one to watch. Don't bring yeah, your kids. Sure. Whatever you do. No. Don't bring your kids. No. I don't care definitely... who took your kitty cat bracelet. Do not take your children. <laughs> kitty cat bracelet. All right, guys. Uh, well, we're going to be officially scoring uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier in the next episode, so we're not going to be worrying yeah. about that tonight. But, uh, man, what a packed episode from start to finish. I mean, it, it was a fun time. I, I enjoyed it, it, guys. Thank you. It is always a fun time. And, and of course, Lindsay Badger, you're looking awesome. Happy birthday, my dear. Thank Hope you, you have a good one on Tuesday. Uh, one of the rocks here at Pop X Cast. But uh, with all that said, uh, Austin, you want to start wrapping it up for us? Yes, absolutely. So I'm Austin Burke at the Burke and Enter. You guys just search and find me. Stalk him on the internet. Um, on the internet. We are part of the newly formed creative group known as the Creative Multiverse. Uh, dramatic pause. Uh, for more great media content, artwork, and more, find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, not MySpace, at the Creative Multiverse. If you are a creative, produce content, or have a talent, we want to see it and would like for you to share it with us in the multi. Burst. Yes, mm. absolutely. Yeah, both. Actually, all three of us are on Letterbox. Uh, these two boys are a lot more long-winded yeah. than what I do on mine. I'm boring. <laughs> yeah. But if you like to see the movies I watch, I do at least post them. Um, so enjoy with all that. But however, I am Lindsay Badger, the favorite geeky yoki of the night and birthday girl of the week. Um, if you want to connect with Pop X Cast on any of the social medias, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, 
Twitter and everywhere. The handle is at PopXCast. Send all of your comments and suggestions to us via email if you would like, popxcast at gmail.com. And for future and past shows, make sure you go check out our official website, popx.com. Popxcast.com. Let me say that correctly so you get there. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I want to give a huge shout out to all the people hanging out with us right now on the stream. I mean, the chat is still freaking going <gasps> crazy so right now. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Uh, you guys are blowing it up tonight, and I can't, I can't, can't thank you and appreciate what you're doing for us enough. Hey, yeah, let me ahead. let me say too, if you guys are watching, um, I'd like to start making like a goal on every video. If we can hit like 20 likes on every video, if you guys just want to drop a thumbs up, that would be awesome support this channel. I mean, we're growing like crazy. Joe, you're rocking the promotion right now. So I can't wait to see where we go over the next year, man. I'm, I'm very excited. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best, but you know what? At the end of the day, it's, it's our, it's our listeners and our faithful viewers that are literally so controlling good. the wheel of what we, you know, how, how we do. But if you would be so kind as to hit that subscribe button, I notice a lot of our people, we, you know, you follow PopX, but you don't actually subscribe to PopX. Please make sure that you subscribe to that uh, to our feed. That way, when we go live, you hit the notification bell, and when we go live, you'll immediately be knowing. Hey, PopX just went live. Go check yes. your phone, open it up, and enjoy the show. It makes but, the algorithm uh, monsters happy. It makes the <laughs> algorithm monsters very happy. I'm Joseph Burke uh, on at Joseph Burke Arts all over social media, and of course, hats off always to Team PopX. Mike Ippolito, if you're watching this on the Rewind, we love you. Safe travels from Alabama. We'll see you in yes. two weeks. And uh, that's it for episode this episode 120. Oh, my God, 120 of Popix Cast. And we'll see you on 121 as we do uh, dive into the world of Falcon and Winter Soldier finale. We'll talk about that. And we'll talk about the brand new movie, Mortal Kombat, which will be streaming on HBO Max. And it's already out in the cinema as we speak. And also, we will be doing The Goonies on the Retro Rewind. Yes. Are you ready Never for some die. sloth love? I'm ready Let's for sloth. It. I like sloth. He's so good. Austin's dancing again. Oh boy. Release the Austin Burke cut. <laughs> One hour. <laughs> One hour of me wow. dancing. Alright, All right. so I think I think what we need to do is we're just gonna we're just gonna um, actually pin Austin Burke as he's dancing he's here. Dance us out? He's gonna dance I'll us dan out. I'll do and it. Are you doing yes, it? Don't worry. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm How do you feel in there? We're at I 17 feel pretty likes good. right now. Are you? You only got 17. a couple more peeps left to do it. Click. The wow. Like this is <laughs> this is definitely went on a very dark path right now. I I'm like just it. gonna I'm just gonna Austin dance to no music. Okay. Great. <laughs> what is happening? Okay, I can't. I don't know. I'll do can. my own music. Oh my gosh, that you do, Austin. That you yeah. do. I'm Zemo. Right. Anyway, holy cow. Anyway, I'm done here. You guys, I want to roll that uh, beautiful Let me outro. Let record that. I, I don't know what's going Get on. Get you right a little now. dancing gift for a Help Austin. him, Lord, to overcome his afflictions, I said. Uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> oh, God. Sir, You're a special friend, sir. All right, love you yeah. guys. We're going out. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. And Austin's still dancing. From everyone at PopX Cast. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel and click that notification bell so you know when we go live next. Drop us an email, popxcast at gmail.com. Throw us up a like on Instagram and all those other social media outlets. At PopXCast. Until next time.